0: This is The Casual Temple Podcast, and you are listening to episode number 4, and I am your host, Marilee Duffy. My mission with The Casual Temple Podcast is to show the myriad of ways we are connected to the unseen world, and how that empowers us to know our true selves. On The Casual Temple, we will hear from everyday people discussing their magical practices, psychic phenomenon, energy healing, as well as hear about their amazing, mystical, and paranormal experiences. This week, my guest is Madeline Hartman, who joins the podcast to talk about her path to opening Psychic Awakenings, which is a psychic school based here in Seattle, Washington, where she is the founder and director. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us here at the Casual Temple. Our guest today is Madeline Hartman who is the founder and director of Psychic Awakenings here in Seattle, which is a psychic school that is helping people rediscover their own spiritual abilities and the purpose of their own lives since 2006. Uh, And Madeline is here to discuss her spiritual journey, why she chose to open Psychic psychic Awakenings, and tell us about some of her interesting experiences working with students who are opening up to their psychic abilities. Thank you for making time today, Madeline, to talk with us
1: you're welcome nice to be here
0: oh wonderful um so i guess we'll just kind of start at the beginning um i've i've you know i've heard a little bit about your as uh, spiritual journey as we've worked together um but what is like the most uh the earliest spiritual experience that you can recall we will just start from there
1: oh uh, well if you consider just being intuitive spiritually I always knew what teachers were thinking. I just always knew whatever the answer was of whatever questions they were asking, but I never had any real strange woo-woo experiences as a child
0: okay um would you say that what was your s- spiritual like home life like as a child if there if oh there was one? um
1: I would say that my family was more or less atheist. Being spiritual wasn't not a main concern, but
0: being smart and intellectual was. Mm. Uh, Yes. So that's interesting that you kind of chose the path that you did. So what led you to even seeking out, you know, Joining Because you started at the Berkeley Psychic Institute. So right. What were right. sort of the events that led to that?
1: I, well, I discovered the Berkeley Psychic Institute through Friends. And uh, I was only 21 or 22. And I took all their classes, which fascinated me, including their clairvoyant training and uh, that was many years ago, and so I suppose that this is what I am meant to be doing, since I discovered it at such a young age.
0: Hmm. Um. So it kind of was like your friends. You sort of heard about it through friends and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, what were some of the when you started at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, what were some things that made you go, "Oh, there's something here and something interesting that oh. <laughs> was exciting"?
1: Because those people were really psychic. They would make comments to me, and it's like, "Oh, how did you know that about me?" So mm-hmm. it's the it was just really interesting when that happened.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so I know also part of. Was there any sort of interesting uh, early on experience working with the public? Because I think at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, you would have maybe people from the public come in and work with them.
1: Right. As as part of the clairvoyant program, we had to do readings every week. And in the beginning, uh, we... We beginning students didn't know what we were doing, but as we did more and more, we built our confidence and it grew from there.
0: And what would you say? So you had this other this life of doing, uh, you know, working at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, but you were also having sort of your I don't know if you would just call it your quote unquote normal life or mundane life. Like what were you pursuing kind of in the same track as you were? doing berkeley psychic institute oh oh
1: Um, actually i had graduated from college with a degree in psychology just six months before i discovered the berkeley psychic institute and um i had a job to pay the bills and pay the rent but i feel that the very first night of the very first class that i ever took i experienced being in the center of my own head And that was an amazing revelation. Uh, I felt that that really explained a lot about why people do what they do or don't do what they don't do, because they're either in their head or they're spaced out. And I learned that the very
0: first class I ever took. And that was at the at the Berkeley Psychic Institute. Yes. That's interesting because it's sort of, I mean, you can't you had that, you know, degree in psychology. And so it's sort of like a interesting thing. It's like psychology in a way, right? And it, mm-hmm. if you can term it that way, like you're thinking about your head and your, how there's like a space in mm-hmm. your head where you're sort of operating from. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I know that you, uh, similarly along your way, you've had other sort of careers, um, a lot of like helping people and counseling folks. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um um oh yes i ha- i do have a masters in social work which i i started that program when i was 35 years old and so after that program i did some crisis intervention work and i also at the same time became a certified reflexologist to be of service to people. And I also studied how to do provide hypnobirthing for women to more easily birth their babies.
0: Oh wow. I didn't know about hypnobirthing. Would you mind explaining? I mean, you already oh. sort of explained it, but how does how does that work? The
1: main idea is that. Birth does not have to be painful. We ex- people expect it to be painful, and so therefore they create situations where it's painful. But in all reality, it, it doesn't have to be painful, and so it involves some some self hypnosis for being totally relaxed and to even enjoy the experience of birthing your child. And and so I would meet with people, I think it was five or six times to give them the basic tools for hypnobirthing. And it really did make a difference. One of my clients said, she just breathed her baby out. It it just was so easy for her, no pain or suffering at all.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Uh, So it's kind of changing, kind of going into the birthing experience with a different mindset. I can't, sounds like, right? Yeah. Yes, instead of like what everybody is like freaking you out about, so that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so about reflexology, um, I'm a little familiar with it. I have a friend that is also a reflexologist. Um, what what do you enjoy about um sort of assisting people with with that modality? Um,
1: it's. It's just very easy to do, and it's just very, very, very relaxing. And, and it's easy to do, and it's pretty much non-invasive invasive just working on their feet. They, can, they do stay fully clothed during the session. And even energetically, as I work on their feet, I can feel their, and see their energy shifting and changing.
0: I'm curious about, so with reflexology, I know in certain, um, spiritual, uh, ideas or approaches that the feet talk about maybe your past or your karma, is that ever part of reflexology uh, you're thinking?
1: Not, not necessarily. Some people believe that just as you can read the lines on your palms, the lines on your feet are also significant, uh, but mostly my attitude about how it worked was that uh, there are so many nerve endings in your feet. And so by working on the feet, you're affecting the nerves that go to all of your internal organs and your brain and your muscles. And so that's how I approached it more was just that the whole nervous system. Can, can, the whole nervous system can be worked
0: on through the feet. Oh, OK, cool. uh. Well, thank you for sharing that now I know there was I'm trying to recall because I know you shared some stories about um sort of things that have occurred if you're wanting to share but there was an instance maybe with your mother that was kind of like a psychic like something where you were like getting some <laughs> external information not sure if that's enough information
1: um I think I know which story you're talking about Many years ago, when I was in my 20s at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, I had a reading from a teacher, and she told me that there was a family agreement in our family that when a mother dies or passes over, she, the soul, would take over the body of the daughter. And I forgot about this until many, many years later, I went to go visit my mom and I walked in and I had to do a double take because I could have sworn I saw grandma sitting at the table. But then when I shook my head, it was my mother sitting there. So to me, that was evidence that grandma was nearby. And then when my own mother died, passed on, I had this experience of some being, some spirit invading my head. And it was really strange because my thoughts were just thinking themselves. All the thoughts that I had had that day were just repeating themselves. And I was going, this is strange. This isn't me. There's somebody else in my head. And I figured out it was not my mother. It was my grandmother looking for another body to inhabit. And so I hooked her up to the light and sent her on the way. And then that strange experience never happened again.
0: Oh, yeah, that's pretty intense. Um, Now, I know this goes kind of jumps forward. My question sort of jumps forward because I know (laughs) I know some of the things that you teach at Psychic Awakenings. But uh, that whole experience of sort of like sending your grandmother's spirit to the light. Is that, would you say, cause I think people think it needs to be grander and more complicated and you know what I mean? But it's, it sounds like it was just, nope. no,
1: no, I just, I just intended it. I, you know, I intended it, intended mostly for grandma to get out of my head. Right. And I thought, well, let's give her, let's give her a little boost or a little push in the right direction. So I just call it sending her to the light, but I guess a lot of other people call it a lot of other things.
0: Mm-hmm yeah
1: uh, mostly, I wanted her out of my mm-hmm. head because it, it had actually happened several times until I
0: finally decided to get rid of grandma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's great that it was so e- well, it's so easy, right? but it was just like you had to identify it and then set that right, intention right Um cool. so what were who were some role models for you as far as wanting to open? your own psychic school, like how I'm sure there were people that you looked at and were like, Oh, they're doing something cool. I kind of want to do the same thing.
1: Well, actually back in my twenties, 21 or 22 years old, when I was in the clairvoyant program, they had a saying that the clairvoyant program was being in kindergarten. We were all just learning how to use the psychic tools. And so one night I had a dream that I was teaching the psychic tools to a class. And in my dream, the founder and main teacher of the Berkeley Psychic Institute, he barged in the room and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm teaching kindergarten. And so ever since then, I wanted to be a teacher of of this information, or I took it as a sign that I was supposed to be a teacher. And I was actually a teacher, trained to be a teacher at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, but it wasn't until I was almost 50 years old that I
0: opened up my own psychic school. Cool. Um, so how, so what were, so you it's like psychic kindergarten, as you explained it. Yes. Um, and, you know, you weren't, uh, you're were about 50 years old, so there's a lot of things that kind of, led up to it, one of them being this dream. Um, So what was sort of the impetus for you to just, I want to do this? Oh, um,
1: I I was in my late 40s. I was working with a a life coach. And also in August of 2005, I started taking a six-month phone class to review being a teacher for this information, And we the class met once a week, and we also did readings over the phone once a week. And then when the class was over, six months later in January, I thought, well, I just paid all this money. And even though I'm quite introverted and probably thought I should find somebody else's school to play in, I thought, well, I paid all this money. I better do something with it. So I just... Started announcing to everybody that I knew that I was going to teach a six-week psychic development class, and it started in April with seven people, April of 2006. And so that was 17 years ago, and since then, thousands of people have taken the beginning six-week classes, and dozens of people have taken the year-long clairvoyant training program.
0: Yes. Um, how would you say? So, you opened this school, a psychic school in Seattle, which is a very, you know, we're considered like a tech city. Um, Mm -hmm. how would you, let me try to think how to phrase this, but how would you consider having something that it seems antithetical to like a tech city existing in Seattle?
1: Yeah well all the all the tech companies here get a lot of press and are very visible and have a lot to do with the economy uh but just there's just as many if not more very spiritually minded people here also people who are looking for information people who need this information and speaking of uh being a tech city i moved here with my boyfriend at the time and because we both got jobs at Microsoft and I met my husband at Microsoft and he was a computer nerd, but a very cute compu- computer nerd.
0: Uh, would you say that uh, there are, I'm sure. Well, let me re- back up. So since you've taught so many people, were there people that came through that were uh in the tech industry, and how would you say they differ or don't differ?
1: Um, Yes, there must have been people in the tech industry, and um, they too, those people who were interested in also pursuing their inner world, their psychic world, their intuitive, emotional side, and that's what they were interested in doing, and
0: so they, they took classes. Yeah, I would see that would be only beneficial, right, to maybe people who are in the tech industry are kind of maybe more introverted and more sort of in their head, um, can only really be beneficial to like explore the yes. other areas of your body. Yes. <laughs> and your yes. spirit. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, let's see what question. Uh, now I'm thinking of, well, I'm thinking of uh, sort of, what has been a really weird, because these are always fascinating to me. So something that was kind of a, I call it like a paranormal experience that you may have had that you can, um, that maybe your your psychic abilities were able to kind of explain it or help you explain it more.
1: Um, Actually, when I was a very beginning student at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, I worked At a video company, we made commercials and television shows, and they used to tease me about taking psychic classes until one day the vice president of the company, he walked by me and I go, oh, yeah, Taylor, I had a dream about you last night. I dreamt that you and your friend Gary stayed in a strange white motel and that you had a little bit of an argument because one of you wanted to go home. And and drive through straight through and go home. And the other one wanted to spend the night in the motel, maybe because you had had too much to drink or something. And so I am. I described what the motel looked like, and I described their argument. And Taylor's mouth dropped open, and he goes, "Yeah, we did spend the night in the motel." And his friend Gary also worked at at the video place. So I ran to Gary's office before anybody could call him. And I casually walked in and I asked him if he had spent the night in the motel. And he said, yes, why are you asking? And I know they were not teasing me because later the vice, the president of the company came to me and he said, Madeline, will you spy on people for me?
0: like no but you kind of did but yeah. you really wasn't you weren't meant, meaning to
1: so so as a beginning student that was very very validating that yes there is an astral
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you, just, you can experience interesting things on the astral and there were some other dreams I don't remember them
0: now but yes. some other
1: dreams that were pretty interesting
0: uh cool yeah that I remember that story it's a very cool story um mm-hmm. I guess this is kind of a a strange question only because I know how long have you been in the building in the blue house um, with Psychic Awakening?
1: I've been in the blue house the whole time. Wow. 17 years. And I'm I'm on the lease with one of the women who work upstairs as an acupuncturist and we get along really well and we sublet two of the other offices and we have a wonderful, wonderful landlady who likes what we do. And so I'm amazed that uh, we have this wonderful big old house just on the edge of the of the Queen Anne Business District. So we get walk-by traffic. And so I feel really lucky because the rent is also very reasonable.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great space. and. Basically, you walk into the Blue House, there's like a really cool um, energy there. And it's nice to know that you have uh, my acupuncturist is is in um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Blue House, too. Um, and so that's how I found Psychic Awakenings. But yeah, there's such a cool energy there. Um, I guess this is kind of uh, I've never experienced anything strange at the Blue House. But have you ever had any sort of strange uh, experience there? Yeah.
1: lots of them. But my favorite story to tell is uh, we have healing clinics on Monday evenings when people are invited to come in and see what we have to offer. And years ago, um, I was at the healing clinic, and the teacher who teaches the healing classes was in charge. And a young man came in, and he started to tell us how He's had this being, this spirit in his life. Ever since he was a little kid, he was aware of this spirit. And the healing teacher said, well, what you need to do is to go home and sit that spirit down in a chair and ask him to tell you his story. And at that moment, all the lights went out. Wow. And we're sitting in the dark going, what's going on and we looked out the window and all the lights across the street and all the businesses were on huh. so finally the teacher says I said when you get home and then at that moment all the lights came back on wow and so again it's it's experiences like that where you know you're not making it up
0: mm-hmm. uh, that seems a little too convenient that, that yeah. Happened. Yeah, yeah that's pretty funny oh man um So my next question kind of ties into what uh, Psychic Awakenings does for sure. But I'm curious around um, if you've noticed any sort of difference, you know, after COVID or during COVID 2020 with like the amount of students or the type of students that are coming in or
1: anything Um, like that. No, the only thing I noticed was at the beginning business fell off because Mm. um, that was before we got Zoom up and running before the pandemic, we didn't have zoom and it was all in person. So business fell off, but we did get zoom up and running the week before the lockdown. So fortunately we were able to continue our classes and eventually
0: people started coming back in. Cool. Um, so can you talk about, I mean, I know I've taken the uh, basically all your programs. Um, I think they're wonderful. Um, can you talk about sort of how you thought about the way you've structured it and what, what your thinking process was in that?
1: Um, well, we still prefer for people to come in person to the classes because there's a lot of exercises and games that we play in the classes. But then there's people who live further away and cannot come in person and they want they're entitled to the information also. So in every class, we do have one or two people who Zooming in because they live a lot further away, like in another state. And there was even a time where somebody was Zooming in from France for a beginning class.
0: That's amazing. That must have been either really late or really early for that person. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I find it interesting, because the way your program is structured, you have you start out with psychic tools 101 and 102, which are amazing. And then you lead into healing hands. And I was always curious about why, <laughs> like why do the psychic work? And then why uh, start doing healing work as well? Like what was what's thinking around that?
1: In the psychic tools classes, you learn about managing your own energy, about being grounded and centered and opening up your own psychic abilities and owning them. And then by doing healings for other people, you just learn so much more. You'll give a healing to one person and you'll can feel that their aura is almost non-existent and they want to be invisible. And then you'll do a healing for another person, and their aura, you'll notice that their aura fills up the whole room. So every time you do a healing for somebody, you learn something new about energy and about spirit. And and it's by interacting with
0: people that we all grow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i would say at least for me as a personally as a student like i i wasn't i was a little like oh, i'll take the healing hands, but i don't you know i'm not sure i don't i was a little i guess skeptical in a way about it mm-hmm. um but then it's like <laughs> you start doing like, pretty much exactly what you said you start doing it and then it's like, oh, but you are noticing things and then um you can feel the energy moving um And you're picking up information as you go along, which is also really weird. And I'm always shocked, like, you know, as I'm working with somebody and then, you know, I'm narrating kind of what's happening or what I'm seeing with them physically, because a lot of that energy um, work that we're doing does show up as like a physical pain. Um, And it's like, oh, that was actually right. (laughs) That was actually correct. Like, oh, okay. You you
1: mean a physical pain that you Mm -hmm. feel
0: in your body? Well, yeah, I tend to feel somebody like if they're having like a physical pain, I'll either feel it in my my body or I'll see it like as I'm going along and kind of feeling their energy space. I'll kind of sort of see like a block or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like ask them about it, like, oh, I'm feeling this pain here. Or oh, I see this like in your knee. It's like looking like it's really stiff or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Yeah, <laughs> it's been there for a long time. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's very validating in a lot of ways.
1: In fact, I really prefer now to advertise my readings as healings. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of teaching in my readings. It's, it's like teaching a man to fish yeah, so that they can go home and continue to heal themselves.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's uh, incredibly powerful. And that is something that, you know, we're able to do as well when we're giving healings because we've learned the tools, right? We can be like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can work on this <laughs> when you got, get home, you know? Um, yeah. So what would, so when did you start introducing the clairvoyant awareness program? And you can tell us a little bit about that program first, but. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um, well, to answer your question,
0: mm-hmm.
1: let's see. I started teaching the six week classes in April of 2006. And then after about a year and a half or two years, I had enough people interested in going further and learning how to do readings for other people. So I started the Clairvoyant Awareness Program in 2008. And that's about learning how to sit down and communicate energetically and spiritually with somebody else. Mm -hmm. and. It's where it's where all the growth and learning happens, especially well for the students in the clairvoyant training program. You learn a whole bunch in by doing the readings because the people who come in are our mirrors. And so you learn a lot about yourself and you also learn how to communicate with people. It's like if you see something dark and scary, how do you present it? in a way that's not dark and scary to the the client. Mm-hmm. So you learn how to communicate and that's where you develop confidence in your ability to perceive
0: information. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely a really, uh, I think it's a really great program. There's a lot of things, tools um, that were new to me as we went along that I found really um helpful uh how would you say like there's kind of talk right now at least the podcast and different people that i listen to and or read about sort of their own people having spiritually transformative experiences now uh meaning like somebody's going through sort of like kundalini awakening they've Mm -hmm. been seeing ghosts (laughs) like um how how do you think that this like how uh, I don't know how to phrase this. How, how would psychic tools help with sort of people who are just going through a strange experience with their like psychic abilities kind of turning on? So,
1: um, in the Psychic Tools 101 class, we teach people how to be grounded and centered and to manage their energy. So if you're going through an intense spiritual awakening or kundalini awakening we give you tools for how to deal with that energy for how to be grounded and centered and protect your space while you are opening up to all kinds of amazing things
0: uh would you say that uh what is grounding like how would you explain grounding to somebody who hasn't heard about it
1: grounding before? is Connecting your body, your energetic field, to the center of the earth. And the earth energy is very um, dense and solid. And so, by hooking your energy into the earth, it helps people to calm down and feel more solid, more focused, more concentrated in their bodies. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you say um, that there's a lot of sort of message, I would say there's a lot of messages going through people's minds that aren't their own, that they're kind of listening to, and Mm -hmm. that kind of helps with that. Yeah. Um, So this kind of goes into that, uh, I guess this goes into my next question, like, what is your favorite tool to teach? Uh, Out of all the tools that you teach, there's got to be like one that's your favorite.
1: Um, Well, actually, my favorite is teaching people how to read and watching them get the confidence. But I think the most important for me, uh, the the one tool that I think really makes the biggest difference is teaching people how to be in their own heads. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's such an awakening because we spend so much time flying around wherever you put your attention is where you are and you're being pulled in 18 different, different directions during the day and to be in your own head so that you can think clearly is really powerful. So you can know who you are so you can figure out, well, gee, these thoughts aren't my thoughts. Where did they come from? Mm-hmm. Or you can be aware when somebody's trying to program you to do something you don't want to do. And just even being aware of things like that is very empower- empowering also.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like when you're describing sort of people, they're sort of the attentions flying around. A lot of times um, people are either thinking about the past all the time or they're thinking about the future, like they're thinking about things that happened in the past or they're like worried about things that are happening in the future. They're never like, there's never like that space for them to actually exist. So yeah, yeah. so I think it's, uh, that's a very good uh, point. Um, so uh, we talked about a little, we talked about your curriculum, but I know that you have other, um, so if you wanted to go in uh, a little bit more description around how this, this step process works and then the additional oh. workshops that you have at psychic awakenings as well.
1: Um, well, how, how the steps work in, like we were talking about how in the psychic tools classes, you learn basic tools for managing your own energy and starting to figure out who you are as a spirit in a body. And then in the healing classes, you expand your knowledge by working with other people And then in the Clairvoyant, and so those beginning classes each are six weeks, and there's four of them. And then the Clairvoyant Training Program, Clairvoyant Awareness Program, is 11 months. And the first 12 weeks are all about how to read, how to sit in line with other readers and match the energy, how to de-energize stuff that gets lit up, you know, by reading people who are different than you your own stuff gets triggered and how to neutralize that so you can continue reading and then after 12 weeks people will pretty much get it how to read and then we so we go into other topics like astro traveling and communicating with animals and communicating with people who've passed over and advanced healing techniques So that's how the progression works.
0: And what are some uh, additional like workshops that you offer with all the the main program? I guess is what. Um,
1: I like having guest teachers come and teach classes to the clavoyant awareness program. And when they come, I usually try to make it an open. Uh, workshop for people. We post it on Meetup, such, and th- so that's a good opportunity for the communicating with animals to be a workshop for the public and communicating with, pe- with people who passed over. We always offer that in October. Um, another workshop we offer is intuitive writing or automatic writing. And it... Phew, in December, around the holidays, Sarah likes to offer an angel workshop, communicating with your angels. And she also likes to present a gratitude and prosperity workshop as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely. I think I've taken all the workshops even. Like I've done. Mm-hmm. I loved Sarah's angel workshop. It was really amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really other other good classes in addition to uh, what your main offering is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I guess, where do you want psychic awakenings to go in the future, or where do you see psychic awakenings in the future, and what direction do you want to go?
1: Um, well, I've been doing this for 17 years, and so I don't have any grand plans to make any to grow it any bigger. Even though we are training two more teachers, so we'll have more teachers, uh, but it works the way it is. And I don't have any really big plans to take it anywhere.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, if it's working, why, you know, why change it any? Um, So we're kind of wrapping up here. um, But what are some either I've been saying like mantra or a motto or phrase that you like to go to, um, in your everyday life.
1: My, my favorite motto is this is going to turn out better than I can imagine. And that, that helps you to let it go and let the universe do its thing. Yeah.
0: That's great. And it works. Yes, (laughs) it does. Um, cool. Yeah. Just kind of release it and not let it take up so much space. That's mm-hmm. um, so cool. Like what um, contact information that you'd like to share uh, where people can go and find what you're doing, find psychic. Oh,
1: okay. Um, our website is psychicawakenings.com, And you can find my phone number and Sarah's phone number on that is meetup.com. Psychic hyphen awakenings hyphen. Seattle, and for a year I posted videos on Instagram and TikTok, uh, but I don't do that anymore. I did it for a year, mm-hmm. and did mm-hmm. I fun making the the videos were two or three minutes long, and they're still up there. So, so people, if they want to, can go to TikTok and Google
0: Psychic Awakening Seattle. So you have the meetup page and then also your websites and -hmm. you're on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Thank you very much that was an interview with Madeline Hartman, where we discussed her path to decide to found and open a psychic school. You can reach Madeline and Psychic Awakenings at the website PsychicAwakeningsSeattle.com. There's also a meetup group, Psychic Awakenings Seattle. You can also find Psychic Awakenings on Facebook and Instagram. To learn more about the Casual Temple podcast, please visit our website CasualTemple.com. There's a Casual Temple YouTube channel, and you can follow me on Instagram with username at merrily Duffy. or at Casual Temple. Please be sure to leave a review and share this episode with the people in your life who would enjoy this content. Do check out the other episodes of the Casual Temple podcast on your preferred podcast app, and thank you so much for listening.